A win, a win is a win, especially when you have a 6 of 30 shooting night from deep. But the Pelicans beat the Indiana Pacers 117-113. They're going to put this one in the rearview mirror because they got a second night of a back-to-back against the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. But let's talk about this victory in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans. Your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube as well. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday, back to the regular schedule, the show's out basically right after the game. Again, thank you for bearing with me the past week, but I'm feeling significantly better. And you know what? We're all feeling good because the Pelicans get a win, 117-113 over the Indiana Pacers. Weird game, like weird, just kind of slugfest between two really short-handed teams. But a win is the most important thing, and that's because the Pelicans have a game against Philly tonight. That is 20 hours after their last one, where they're getting on a plane after this one because the game was rescheduled due to COVID because of the Philadelphia 76ers, not because of the Pelicans. Even though Philly was off on Monday, they're off on Wednesday, but they do get the Lakers on TNT Thursday. Seems like the league is trying to keep them fresh for a better national TV game, even though it was the Philadelphia 76ers' fault that this ended up being the way that it was. It is what it is. So thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all platforms five days a week. No one else coming to you like this after big wins uh, that are weird. And we're going to break this one down over the Indiana Pacers. Again, 117-113. So the Pelicans weren't just playing against... The Pelicans were shorthanded. No Brandon Ingram in this one. And they were playing against not just the shorthanded Indiana Pacers, but also themselves right? I think it's safe to say this is not a good three-point shooting team. Like, we can come in and we can go, yeah, this team is not good from three. Six of 30, 20%. Only two players made a three in this one. Josh Hart hit one late in the third quarter, and then Devontae Graham was five of nine. Those were the total threes that they made. Garrett Temple didn't hit one. Herb Jones, nope. Valanciunas didn't even take one. Jackson A's, nope. Nikhil, 0 for 5. Jose Alvarado, 0 for 2. Gary Clark, 0 for 2. Two guys made a 3. Zion coming back ain't going to fix that. These are open looks that they're just missing because maybe they're not good three-point shooters. I think it's safe to say that with this team. And it's, it's rough, especially when you have the other team get hot from 3, right? Because the Pelicans could not close out, would not close out. The Indiana Pacers went 19 of 46 from 3. 41.3%, more than doubled the percentage there, right? But the Pelicans still won and because they, they knew how to win other aspects of the game. The Pelicans outscored the Pacers by 32 points in the paint, 64 to 32. They realized they had the advantage with Jonas Valanciunas there, and they kept trying to get him the ball, which forced a lot of defensive rotations and foul trouble too for the Indiana Pacers. That was a smart piece of strategy. The Pelicans went to the line 31 times in this one. They also made 29 of those. 
That's an excellent number in using your strength and getting a win with it. They also out-rebounded the shorter um, uh, Indiana Pacers team. That's a big part of it, right? Pummeling them on the glass overall, I think, is a really important thing, particularly in terms of offensive boards. Grabbing second chance points and scoring those second chance points was a really important thing by this team to keep things going. And then you have them at the free throw line. You also won the turnover battle too. Those are a lot of ways that you're going to win the game. The Pelicans had 15 second chance points in this one. So it's smart play and good execution down the stretch, right? They got timely stops. They knew who to get the ball to late in the game, Valanciunas among others, to go get them a bucket along with Devontae Graham, who plays some of his best basketball in the fourth quarter. And that's why they won. They did a lot to probably like lose this game, right? Herb Jones made a bunch of rookie mistakes gambling on the defensive side of the ball in crunch time in this one. But they made just enough plays and won the areas of the game that they were capable of winning, right? Like, they didn't keep trying to outshoot the Indiana Pacers. This wasn't a Pelicans team that took 45 threes or anything like that. They just realized that they weren't going to do it that way and so tried to do it other ways. Oh, that's, that's smart, right? That's a well-coached team to a degree knowing how you've got to get this victory, don't try and shoot yourself out of it. Try and do it other ways. Despite guys like, you know, Nikhil having an up and down game and nearly throwing it away at times. But they knew what they needed to do to win. They went out and they did it. And, you know, that says something. Again, this is not a, a confidence-inspiring victory, though it was a next-man-up mentality victory. And pretty much everyone contributed in some way towards this victory even Garrett Temple who got the start in place of Brandon Ingram he actually wasn't terrible in this game wasn't amazing wasn't terrible in this game and so you know I think that's a team that gets a victory and moves on but let's talk about some of the individual play coming up because look they they don't have time to think about this one because they got to focus on the Philadelphia 76ers as they're playing them in like 12 hours from when you're probably listening to this or something like that it's just such a quick turnaround from a place the northeast that they literally just were this is this is dumb what what can you do it just kind of is the situation. So let's get into some individual performances. Let's talk about Devontae Graham, Nikhil Alexander-Walker coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Pelicans fans, you've been hearing me tell you about Prize Picks for months. Have you signed up yet? And if you haven't, now is the perfect time. For a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our listeners. Anyone who signs up gets $50 for free and if a player in your first prize pick entry scores a single point and you use promo code NBA, that's right, this is an exclusive offer just for Locked On fans who use promo code NBA, you're going to get $50 free if a player in your first prize pick entry scores a single point. Prize Picks is the best NBA DFS prop game on the market, and they offer more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. You can take the over on Herb Jones points or rebounds or steals. You can take the over, and I'd recommend this, on Josh Hart rebounds because that's what that dude does. 
Price picks is easy and they offer any prop you can think of. You pick two to five players and it's an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers, not other players, not sharks or anything like that. And price picks also allows mixed sports entry. So again, you can take the over on Herb Jones steals alongside any of the other NFL props that you want to get in on. And you get to use the award-winning app that's available both on the App Store and Google Play. PrizePix is safe, and they offer quick and fast withdrawals. So go to prizepix.com today or go to your App Store and download the app. All users, again, that make a deposit and use our promo code MBA, $50 free if your first prize pick entry scores a single point. Again, that's all you have to do is use our promo code NBA and you're going to get $50 free if your prize pick entry scores a single point. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all platforms five days a week, Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. And now the NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern, and Locked On NBA will be covering it live from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Join Kim Becker, John Krause, Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd, and NBA veteran our Antonio Daniels, who's part of Locked On, and get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to Locked On NBA YouTube and turn your notifications on so you know when they go live. All right, we're talking about the Pelicans win over the Indiana Pacers 117-113. Weird one where, man, to get a win when you shoot like that, just take it and move on, right? But the Pelicans did well enough in this, and they had guys who really contributed. Devontae Graham being one of them. 25 points from him on the night, three rebounds, six assists, just one turnover. I liked what he was doing early on. Before his three-point shot was really falling in this one, he was intent to contribute in other ways. Yeah, he's five of nine from three, but he also started to get into the lane, right? He was eight of 14 overall, so he was trying to score at the rim. He was trying to score with mid-range and just do anything else to keep kind of the forward momentum from this team. And I've said it before, right? Good things happen when Pelicans guards play downhill. That's a really important thing for them to do. And we're about to talk about Nikhil with this, right? Good things happen. Six assists for Devontae Graham is a very good number. You want to see that out of him. You needed to see something like that out of him on a night like this. Creating for others when offense wasn't always the easiest thing. But the Pelicans did well in the half court. They executed well like that. And a big part of that was because of Devontae Graham playing downhill, driving, trying to score, and then, of course, hitting just big shots in the fourth. This is what this dude does. He's frustrating at times. He has games where he's going to maybe give you nothing, and then he has a game like this where they easily lose without him. You know, uh, he, he was good in this one. The, I have no complaints, really, about his game whatsoever, for the most part, other than some defensive miscues, but I, I don't expect him to be good on that side of the ball. Nikhil's a, a, a different story. He had moments where he looked really good. 14 points on the night, six assists for him, three rebounds, very similar numbers, right, to Devontae Graham. Six of six from the free throw line, too. He hasn't gone to the line more than four times since mid-December. But he was four of 13 and 0 for 5 from three. To his credit, early on, he was really playing downhill and trying to score and not taking contested step-back threes and early in the shot clock threes. And then at times really started to do that and really started to make some head-scratching plays. And he just doesn't have that 
consistency at all, right? Like he shows off for the first half. You're like, give me this version of Nikhil every time and I would be thrilled. Why can't he keep that up, right? That game he had, I forget whether it was against the Timberwolves or not the Timber or the, the Timberwolves game was the one after, right? We played like a different player and we're like, oh, we like this version of him. And then the next game doesn't do any of that. I I don't get it. Again, there's no other option, right? Like there's no one else for them to play over him right now and to bench him and teach him a lesson or anything like that. There's there's no one else to. It's gotta be him. He's gotta play the minutes. But I don't want him to play the minutes. That's, I think, a big part of it, right? Like, down the stretch in the fourth quarter, he would have a great read. And he had it where he got the ball to Jonas Valanciunas when he saw there was a size mismatch. Valanciunas went up with it and scored. Great read. Great half-court execution. He did that from the wing, from the corner. I loved it. And then next possession, he goes and makes a terrible pass that he doesn't get credited with the turnover. But... It's that like dichotomy on back-to-back possessions and like Jekyll and Hyde. And you don't know if he's going to help you win or if he's going to be a big reason that you are going to lose. And that is a problem. Um, You know, again, going forward, if you're looking at who's part of this team when Zion's back and when you're really trying to kind of build a contender, like he can't be on it, right? Like you can't have a guy like this like the Lakers would take him because the Lakers need any sort of talent right now but if you were to look at any like true contender they wouldn't be playing this dude because the self-sabotage and the bad play and and you know you think he's going to do one thing and he does not and it is such a problem like we were set after the first half to have a real like look at Nikhil he was so good and then that's not what we end up talking about because he doesn't deserve it and his play was head scratching at times. So it shows all the talent there, but the decision making, the the reading of the game. I I I don't I don't know. Anyway, let's move on from that. Uh, I want to talk about the Pelicans defense. Ties into something we talked about in yesterday's show. Jackson Hayes as well. Um, we'll touch on Josh Hartgear Temple too. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march into the NFL playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. A new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. Whether it's football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports bet online where the game starts all right thank you for making locked on pelicans your first listen every single day we're free and available on all platforms um wherever you get your podcasts and on youtube subscribe to the show tell a friend about the show and leave a five-star review with a comment helps keep this free in five days a week for you all again no one else is talking today right no one else talks on even a weekly basis and the consistency just isn't there We're here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking it down, giving you my insight and behind-the-scenes stuff when that's applicable as well. Uh, And for your second listen, go check out Locked on Saints. Host Ross Jackson, um, there there are a lot of smoke and fire to those Sean Payton rumors about him not coming back. You know it's going to be covered over the Locked on Saints podcast, telling you what to make sense of when it comes to all that stuff. All right, the Pelicans beaten the Indiana Pacers 117-113. Big win for the team. Needed win with a back-to-back tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers. Look, get the win, get out of there. But again, there's a couple of things that are still concerning. I talked about this 
in yesterday's show when we looked at if the defense was truly improved, right? Like they're doing some things right. They're rebounding the ball well. They were pretty good defensive rebounding tonight. They got and stepped up stops when they needed it to. They defended well in transition, something they've been doing for the most part all season long. What's what's holding this defense back, right? Like they won the turnover battle too. What's holding this defense back is the three-point shooting of other players. Not closing out, sloppy closeouts, gambling a little bit too much that's forcing too much help and then you overhelp and eventually the ball is going to find an open shooter. That's what you saw in this one, right? 19 of 46 for the Indiana Pacers, 41.3%. You got outscored and you still won. It's a miracle by 13 made threes. That's a lot. And then you have someone like Dwayne Washington Jr. Do you know who that is? You don't. He was undrafted. And he's on a two-way deal with the Indiana Pacers. This, I think, was his 16th NBA game. He's a guard, number four. You probably know him now. He set a Pacers record in some capacity going 7 of 12 from three. That guy who's on a two-way deal and a nobody in the NBA scored 21 points and was the team high for the Indiana Pacers by going 7 of 12 from 3. He can't do that. They were leaving him wide open, and at a certain point in the game, when a guy is shooting as well as he is, you've got to guard him on the perimeter. And I don't know why the Pelicans weren't doing it. At this point, is it a scheme thing with Willie Green? Is it them just not knowing the game plan, their assignment, or realizing what's going on over the course of the, the contest? I'm not sure, right? Tory Craig, 3 of 5. Karis LeVert, 3 of 6. You know, Chris Duarte at times was getting open for threes, and you were wondering how their best offensive player that's out there right now, other than maybe Karis LeVert. This is the guy that's a rookie. Everyone's been talking about it. He's a good scorer. Don't, don't leave him open. What, what are we doing here, right? Like, this is stuff that's pretty basic. And it's disappointing that New Orleans is still not getting this stuff right and it is the one thing at this point holding them back from being I think a middle of the road potentially potentially I'm not ready to go there just yet top 10 defense but at least middle of the road defense that would turn the season around a little bit potentially if you want to get into the playoffs you know in in the play-in tournament you're going to need to do that they need to figure out the perimeter defense part of it is some of these guys are undersized right as much as I like Jose Alvarado, closeouts are like not his thing. Part of it's being undersized. Same for Devontae Graham. Josh Hart can do it, but he still makes mistakes. Herb Jones is busy doing other things and shouldn't be closing out. He should be defending elsewhere. You know, Garrett Temple got burned a number of different times this way, and he wasn't bad in this game, right? 14 points, stepped up as a starter, was at times making the right play and read. Overall, not great, but I, I don't want to just slam on him in this one. But he kind of stepped up when he needed to and at least contributed, and they needed his offense in this. But defensively, nope, makes makes a lot of the wrong reads and a lot of the wrong decisions. And if Trey Murphy was healthy for there, I don't, you know, that would have been a decent one for them to potentially have looked at. I don't know. But it's... Very disappointing that they keep allowing this to happen. Last note here, Josh Hart, by the way, good in this one, 22 points. Hurt his ankle, came back in. He's tough. You knew he was going to try and grit it out if he could. Great to see from him. Not a good three-point shooting night, but again, attacked 
the basket in other ways, got to the line, made all nine of them. Uh, that's an excellent performance from the, you know, the Pelicans guard, the Pelicans wing. I'm not going to complain anything about him. Finally, Jackson Hayes, pretty decent game, 14 points, springy big, grabbing rebounds, throwing it down when he could get open. Guard play opens him up a whole lot. There is the news that he's being charged with 12 misdemeanors. I don't know. He still played in this one, so I'd have no clue whatsoever how that is going to play out. It clearly didn't impact his availability in this game last night. I'm assuming he'll probably be ready to go against the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know. We'll see where that goes. But he had a good moment, uh, good game. Again, shows you why you know you could potentially be high on him. Not good defensively, though. That's the one problem. Um, but offensively, they needed him, and he contributed. They needed everyone, and everyone stepped up. And that was kind of the theme of the night for the Pelicans. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Second night of a back-to-back against the Philadelphia 76ers. Tonight, we'll be covering it here on Locked On Pelicans. We'll get into some trade stuff later in the week before getting you set for another back-to-back over the weekend. So thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, it's free and available on all platforms. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.